From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Benji Shulman on the new Blue Review. By the way, if you want to be part of the show, we always welcome your engagement. You can WhatsApp us on 061-895-1019. You can SMS us on 34519. Tweet us at, at FM. Email us on, on email us on info at chaifem.com and we'll be happy to engage. As I said, Dean Solomon, he is in the studio and uh, he is from Zimbabwe. Dean, originally at least. Dean, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for being with us on Chaifem. Thank you very much for having me. So, uh, give us a bit of a sense. Uh, you grew up in Zimbabwe. You went to the school. First of all, what is the name of the school and, uh, and where is it based? So I was born in Johannesburg. Oh, okay. um, my parents are originally from Rhodesia. Um, they moved to Joburg mid mid eighties, nineteen eighties. Had my two brothers, my two older brothers, then myself, and when I was two, they moved back to Bulawayo, uh, which is where we spent most of our childhood, um, and ended up attending Carmel School, which was the Jewish day school, Ju- Jewish junior day school um, in Bulawayo. Uh, they were, we had a junior school in Bulawayo, Carmel, and in Harare they had Sharon, which was almost the equivalent, grade one to grade seven. And were they high school equivalent? No, um, certainly not in Bulawayo, um, which ended up ending in a Catholic high school, <laughs> um, Christian Brothers College. They have the Boxburg equivalent, Shannon, and a few other places. And then in 2005, I ended up moving to Durban to boarding school. On, I didn't get sent. That was <laughs> that was at my own request. I ended up in boarding school in just outside of Peter Maritzburg at a Methodist high school. So I've I've had my fair share of different uh, education, educational upbringing. Um, it's been different. It was it was interesting. Um, you know, being with different people of different faiths, different religions. Yeah, it makes you see the world in a different light, almost. Yeah, and I'd love to get um, some insight into that because it sounds like a fascinating uh, schooling career. Uh, start off by telling us though about Carmel. Uh, what was it like to go to a Jewish school uh, in in Zimbabwe? What what was the school like? What did you do? No, look, the school was great. Um, in my class, there was only two two Jews, myself and another girl. Um, so if we were the only ones who we had we had a Hebrew. Hebrew class every year, and between the two of us, I won best boy, she won best best girl in, in, in Hebrew class. So we, we had Hebrew, we learned to read Hebrew, write Hebrew, understand Hebrew as much as we could at, at that stage. Um, we had Jewish history lessons, um, but it, being just for the two of us, they, they, they accommodated us, uh, which I think was quite amazing. So we, there were about 30 kids in our class, 30 kids in each class, um, and it was... It was a great upbringing. I mean, they, they catered for us. The community catered for us. It was a very small community, um, a very tight-knit community. Most of them felt like family if they weren't family. Um, and it was what felt like a normal upbringing, you know, growing up with African friends, Muslim friends, yeah, and, and they all attended the school. You know, it wasn't, and that was the beauty of it at that point in time. Um, it was a very diverse, diverse class, and we didn't see it any different at that stage. And these pictures and videos that uh, that I attend uh, of the assembly on a Friday afternoon, walk us through the uh, morning. Walk us through what that looked like uh, and, and what you guys used to do. So, kipper every day in in service every morning in assembly, and that was worn by all. Um, you got into a little bit of trouble if if you if you didn't have your kipper on you. 
Um, and on a Friday morning every, as well, we had a Shabbos service. Uh, with, um, oh, so sorry, during assembly that would, there would be a version of it, well, a version that would be singing a tikva, as well as a Zim national anthem, um, which everyone had to learn. Um, and then on the Friday we would have Shabbos service, uh, make a bracha over, over some bread and some grape juice, and before everyone left, they all got a bit of bit of challah to, to take home with them before break. It was it was great. <laughs> and how did this go down with 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 all the kids in the class? I, mean, I, I guess everyone was fairly young, but did, did anyone, I mean, other than yourself, the two Jewish kids in the school, really sort of uh, grasp what the significance of some of this stuff was all about? I've never really thought about that, but I'd, I, I don't imagine so. I mean, for us, for most of them, at least me and my friends, we only really cared about when the break time was and when we could go out and go into the field and play some sport, you know. But it was it was a Jewish school, and I think parents knew exactly what what that meant. I think for a lot of the Muslim families that were there, they 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 almost identified to what we're trying to do as opposed to sending them to a Catholic equivalent. You know, I think for them it was far too different, and everyone was well at least from what i'd seen maybe i was a bit naive in a young age but everyone was kind of tolerant of it not only tolerant but accepting of it and, and it interests me that uh even since you left uh quite some time ago and uh, i'm guessing that there's no more jewish kids in the school they still maintain those traditions and uh, apparently according to the report that i got that the, that's the principal says it's a jewish school and therefore that's important that they maintain those sort of traditions as part of the school culture even uh, if you know there's no actual Jews left which I think is a fascinating uh, way and I think it's very African I don't know if this would happen anywhere else in the world yeah literally not one Jewish child left in the school and still to this day they hold the Shabbos service where Kippot it's it, it is it's amazing it, it really is I mean I think quite rightly I don't think you would see this anywhere else in the world and you kind of ask yourself why but for the community that does remain there, I think it's an amazing thing that they've been able to actually keep going. Who knows, maybe one day, who knows, maybe end up back there. <laughs> now, uh, I, I want to ask you after the break uh, a little bit about the, the Budawaya and Har- Harari communities, because I think they are a little bit different, and I think people don't always have a sense of Zimbabwe. So uh, we're going to be talking about that after the break, just getting a sense about what was it like beyond the school in the Jewish community in Zimbabwe. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi FM. 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. By the way, if you're a Zimbabwean, any kind. Uh, we're happy to uh, take your views on, on everything. 061-895-1019. That's the WhatsApp line. SMS us 34519. We're in studio with Dean Solomon today talking about what was it like uh, to grow up in Zimbabwe. Now, Dean, you grew up in Bilawaya, uh, the other part of the Jewish communities in, in Harare. Is, is there much difference between the two, um, size-wise, culture-wise? So size-wise, when I was growing up, Harare was a bigger community. Not not significantly, um, but it, it it felt like whenever we were in Harare, it felt we had a lot of we had cousins, we had uncles and aunts in, in Harare. It felt like the community from a community perspective, it was all the same. You know, they had the Jewish school from an upbringing point of view. There, I think there was a bigger Sephardic community in Harare, um, but for for most part of it, it, it it felt like you could have been in your parents' home. You know, and and it, it was great. Harare was a much bigger city. I, I, I'm trying to think of the equivalent here, probably comparing a Durban community to maybe a, a, 
Pretoria to an extent, um, and, I, and both of the, I've, I've, I've experienced the communities in both in both areas there, especially living in Durban, well, just outside of Durban. Um, but very warm, very very warm communities. And you were going to school at the time when Zimbabwe was going through uh, some pretty difficult periods in its history. I, I mean, it has had some pretty difficult periods, just regardless. But I mean, there was always like a racial issue. Uh, in Zimbabwe in terms of you know, the white farmers and Zanu PF. Did, did that affect the Jewish community as the Jewish community? Or, or or were you just kind of sucked up into the general, as a young person, uh, into the general political upheaval? I think from a schooling perspective, we were kind of sheltered. We were sheltered from all of that. Um, and from a community perspective, again, might have been a, a young, naive me. It didn't feel like there was any prejudice toward us or anything of the kind. It felt like almost as though no, the Jews were there, they did their thing, and, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no actual intervention from outside, pressures from outside. I think a, a lot of the guys there, as much tension and racial tension there has been, there still is a lot of respect for the religious communities. Mm-hmm. The, the religious communities, yeah, in, in, in the greater sense. And from that aspect, it, it it felt like we were living a normal childhood in that regard. Look, things were hard, which is which is why I actually ended up having to leave them. We would be sitting in a classroom, and our maths teacher, I'll never forget, she she received an SMS the one morning saying that the one petrol station was receiving fuel in, I think, anywhere between the next 48 to 72 hours. So she was like saying, sorry, I need to go and sit in a cube for potentially the next three days to go and get to have fill up my car. Mm-hmm. And it was then that I had the conversation with my dad. I, I said to him, you know, it's, it was actually the conversation. My brother, my oldest brother came home and he said, maybe we should, con- maybe you should consider looking at other options, you know, before our matric syllabus really started kicking in and moving to South Africa. So the next day, my dad basically phoned me crying, saying, is this something you really want to do? And a week later, I was bags packed on the way to Durban, <laughs> to boarding school. So, so you were in grade 11 at the time? Uh, a form three equivalent, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. So I would have been ending grade nine, ending right. grade nine, going into grade ten. Fif- so you were fifteen years yeah. old. That's a big decision to take uh, for for a young person to leave your family and say, okay, it's time to go somewhere else. Yeah. So my middle brother had just finished school, so he was moving to Cape Town to go in for the, his studies, and it w- it was hard, especially those first two three weeks boarding school. <laughs> It's tough. Um, your life kind of revolves around a bell, you know, first bell, second bell, third bell, you're out the house, eating breakfast, making sure that your shoes are polished and your tie's on. Um, but once you get into the routine of things and you actually make friends and you and you get involved in the whole school spirit, it it, it really was great. Um, and I think the bit of closure that I needed was going back to Zim for the first time to actually see my parents and seeing the differences to what I had and what I what, what I was getting and what I had. And it, it did make that decision, well, it made my decision much easier. But those first few, few, few weeks, couple of months, was really, really hard. Now, Zimbabweans themselves, I mean, uh, the, certainly the Zimbabwean expat community that we have here, um, and I'm talking here about the black Zimbabweans specifically, uh, it, they seem to be a very friendly people, uh, very helpful, highly educated. Is that your experience uh, is it more integrated than South Africa? Because obviously we have this like long history here of segregation, uh, but you you kind of wonder in other African countries are, are people more? Do they engage more uh, than than perhaps we did here? 
So I think one of the, if any of the few things that the Mugabe regime did get right, it was his focus on education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that played a significant role in the growth of the people there. So, I mean, you see people with economics degrees, um, law degrees that are ending up being your waiters in your restaurants and cleaning your bathrooms in, in nightclubs or whatever the case may be. And it, it's terrible to see. You know, they, they, they've had to leave their families, but they will do anything to make sure they provide for their families. There's almost a sense that they're not, they're too scared to not be able to earn an income to send back to their families, especially now. You see what's going on now. People, they can't afford to do anything. There's chaos with the currency at the moment. No one really knows what's going to happen. Is it going to go exactly back to what we experienced a few years ago? It's, it's, it's sad. It's mm-hmm. sad to see that the people are suffering again. So, I think there was a lot of hope in some respects, certainly earlier this year uh, with the election and, and with the end of Mugabe. Is there a sense that that's faded a bit or do you think that this might just be some of the healing that's needed to get the country onto a right track? My heart goes out to them. I mean, I, I've tried and converse with as many people that I can who still have family there um, to try and suss out because I haven't been back since 2014, 2015. My parents have since left. Um, I try and get a sense of whether they have hope, whether they're just getting to a point where they, you know, look, there's not much, unfortunately, that can do, but contrast that to a South African environment where I think, I don't think the people here would give as much patience as, as the Zimbabweans do. I think there would be a lot more violence. Look, there's a lot of police um, brutality that one has to bear in mind, but there was a sense of hope don't get me wrong when when it was found out that he was no longer that he was stepping down it was for everyone people who are living there people who used to live there years ago people who had lost everything that they had there was a sense of hope um but you see what's going on there and it kind of is this the same thing just happening over again now i want to track back to your school experience for a moment uh, not just the fact that you have to now deal with a bell and shoes and tie and all that kind of thing. Uh, going from a Jewish school into a Catholic school, into a Methodist school, I'm assuming that the last two were also boys' schools. So that's an additional cultural shift, I'm sure. Talk to us a little bit about those different experiences, because I do think it's fairly unique. So when I left Carmel going into high school, Christian Brothers College, it was... The one thing I will say is that I did grow up in a very disciplined environment. Uh, that's one thing that the that the school system they still got corporal punishment there in Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe, yeah. So you yourself got jacks or flaps no, or no, anything like as, that. As hard as I would like to say, am I, I? I that honestly it terrified me. <laughs> uh, there were a few ex- a few instances where I was standing outside the principal's office and I heard the noise that came off that off that stick and it 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 made me avoid his his office for a very very long time. Um. So, so you were saying discipline. Oh, so yes, a very, very disciplined environment. You know, um, from I'd, from a cultural perspective, there were not much had changed. There were, the, as I said, there was only one other Jewish girl in my class with me. She had relocated to the UK. Being in an all boys environment, the, I was twelve years old. I only really cared about cricket and soccer, and you know, just getting out there in the afternoon after school. So from that from that point of view, it was nothing had changed. The only thing now that I really had to get used to was learn well, not learning, but at least sitting through Catholic mass, um, going and listening to all the different uh, carols that were being sung and on, you know, build up into Christmas time. It, it was interesting. It, it, it certainly was an eye opener. 
uh, and you did get a few kids who would look at you and say, why aren't you singing, like, what, what, what's going on, you know, and you kind of explain to them, was, you know, it's, it's not exactly my thing. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and certain, some of them would run off and say, oh, Dean's not singing, you know, but there were, there were, you had to kind of, in the same way you had non-Jewish kids attending a Jewish school and, and abiding by the Jewish ethos, we had to kind of abide by Catholic ethos to an extent, you know, attend... I certainly wasn't going to partake in, um, but at least go and sit there with everyone else. So how often did you have to do that? Twice a week, sometimes three times a week, yeah, um, with a big mass, probably once a month. Uh, yeah. It was pretty intensive. Yeah, it, it was, and it was a big eye-opener. Here's me, with, you know, for us it was hell on a Friday to them. It's a type of wafer, and you're like, oh, do we get some kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so it, it was it was a bit of a learning, learning experience. Um, and what about, like... Jewish holidays. I mean, were you able to get off for Rosh Hashanah yeah. or Yom Kippur, that yeah. sort of thing? Yeah, uh, the high holidays definitely. Um, and when we needed to, that we we did, we did. Um, there was to there there were sometimes you did hear a few jibes as like, oh, why are you you know why how how come you're allowed this if you're allowed this and we should be too. But you get on with it. You you do what you have to do. And so you never had any problems with overt anti-Semitism. Not directly, not to a point. Look, there were, there was always comments, Jubway, uh, this, you know. But I never had any. I, I never had violence in my face. If that, if I was never really threatened with violence in my face. Yes, the guys would call names or whatever the case may be. No, it didn't ever feel like it was aggressive or violent to that extent more of just from a banter perspective you know for a lot of the guys especially when I moved to Durban they hadn't really never seen a Jew mm. you know um, so for them it was more calling and looking for a reaction as opposed to anything you don't give them the reaction they get over it they move on and at the Methodist school was it a similar kind of a culture just a different Christianity yeah 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 very much so um, a little less strict because there was no corporal punishment, so the guys felt like they could do a little get get away with it a little bit more, and they could. Um, which is also the I I thinking back about it in my first like six weeks, I was getting up. You know, when I say discipline, I'm talking about when not even when if one of the teachers walked past you, if you were sitting outside and a cop drove past you, you would stand up and take off your hat and and kind of greet to that extent. You know, so I was still very much in that rhythm when I moved to Durban. Um, and for a lot of the kids, they found this highly entertaining. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it, it, it did get a bit more relaxed. Did that school also do the O levels or the A levels? No, so they weren't a matric syllabus. So you had to also switch syllabuses? Yeah. So, which is why I needed to make the decision that when I left at the age of 15, it was the beginning of the matric syllabus. So I either had to leave then or I had to stick it up for the O's and A levels. And thankfully, I didn't have to write the O's and A levels. <laughs> Why does why go to some boarding school in the middle of nowhere? I mean, so there, there were Jewish schools. There was places in Joburg, even. So Cape Town was where my brothers were, and my oldest brother had been studying there. My middle, my middle brother was moving there to study, um, and I kind of looked at it, and I didn't want to be a burden on my brothers um, if I was going there to schlep me back and forth to school. My parents were still in Zim at the time. Um, I had one or two friends who had gone to the school which was kind of one of the reasons that it ever became an option. Um, but it shaped me into who I am today. It, it really was a different experience. 
if my wife asks, like, whether I'd send my kids to boarding school, there, there's certainly an element that I wish we, I wish I could explain to people what you do really get out of it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that'll never happen <laughs> <laughs> because of your wife. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, at the Jewish upbringing, we had a very traditional home. Um, my parents were very traditional. Um, but there was, I, I, I personally feel that I wish there was a bit more of a Jewish education that I could have had in my upbringing. And I, for please God, my kids one day will be able to experience that kind of upbringing. And so you're now settled in South Africa, uh, and you're okay. As settled as, as settled as one can be. Right. Um, you always have your passport in your back pocket. Correct. Correct. Um, we look. We we very comfortable here. Um, if if that's the word I could use. Um, but having seen what happened in Zim, and you start seeing the traits of what's hap- kind of happening here, it, it makes you a little bit nervous. As young as I was, you know. But it did that that had that played a major had a major impact on my life and you just kind of see those trades happening again and whether that could impact your life again here the next Zimbabwe is a phrase everyone hates um, is it some I mean obviously it's something that worries you but do you think that we're fundamentally different I think which is what I've I've said to anyone is as, as long as your courts are fair I think you have the opportunity well you're unlikely to go in that direction once that goes I, I certainly don't think there's much stopping South Africa from going in the same direction. And the community still in Zim? Do you still keep in contact? Do you st- is there still? I know that the community here was mobilizing if there was going to be a problem at some point to help the the community there. But is there is there still a network? Uh, very small, but there is. Um, I still have a cousin there um, who commutes between Joburg and and Bulua. Um The the guys do what they can do. Look, when I was when I was growing up. People couldn't really wait for you to have a bar mitzvah because you were not, you were an extra person for the minion, you know. So as soon as as soon as you became of that age, you were always phoned, and that's and that's how it had to be, you know. Before every before every every minion, it would be a phone call the night before. Are you available? Can you make it? And and that's how it was. Um, there are it's it's a very small community there. Uh, when I was there, I would say probably about a hundred people. No, if I, if there's more than 25, 30, I'd be surprised. Very, very interesting. Dean Solomon, thank you so much for coming on 101.9 Chai FM and uh, the new review and sharing your experiences. Thank you very much for having me. We'll be back just after the break. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 Chai FM.